0: This is a download from BFM 89.9 The Business Station.
1: Good afternoon. This is Good Things on the Bigger Picture and I'm Juliet Jacobs. Good Things is of course our show where we speak to good people doing good things so established back in 2010 the NGO Suriana Welfare Society has been providing aid to underprivileged communities empowering mothers with income generating projects and providing educational activities to children who need them among many many other things so I'm going to find out more about the work that they do from Dr James Nyagam who is the chairman of Suriana Welfare Society who joins me now welcome James how are you today
0: Hello, I'm fine. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, James, take me back to the start. Um, I know you've been working in the area of um, children's rights and, and advocacy for the last, I think, 40 years now. Yes. What led you down to this path?
0: Well, I I was attached to a corporate company. And then well, one day I got involved in giving tuition to some children. In those days, we used to call them squatter settlements or kawasan stingan and then uh, I was drawn into uh, the children and helping children and there came a time uh, I just didn't feel that I wanted to continue to work in the corporate side Mm. so I shared with my mother and said ma I would like to change my work my career and I like to work with children so there I gave up and my corporate job and came into full-time working with children. And ever since, I've been working with children, especially children who are abused, abandoned and neglected. So today, I'm a child's rights advocate.
1: Mm-hmm. And were your family supportive of your decisions? Were they, you know, fully behind you, all those decisions that you made? It's quite life-changing, isn't it?
0: It's interesting because uh, my mom was the first one uh, who gave me the blessings. Okay, And then, you know, when I came into this work full-time, I gave up my salary as well. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't earning uh, any money. And I had to convey this to my girlfriend at that time <laughs> and said that, look, uh, I think we better break off because uh, I'm not earn- going to earn any money. Yeah. So good thing my girlfriend at that time Said she is not into this relationship because of the money, but because of me, and so today uh, she's my wife as well. You're blessed.
1: What a happy story right there. So (laughs) you and she's been. I know um, you've you've spoken about your wife before, and she's an ardent supporter of you know everything that you do, right?
0: Yes. Okay. So uh, we have journeyed and uh, still journeying and wanting to see more uh, children helped.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, because you are a child's rights uh, advocate, right, you did, you know, set down the path of arming yourself with the right and uh, right information so that you would work better in the area of children's rights. Am I correct? I know you studied law. Uh, You know, tell me about all those things that you did so that you would be armed with the right information.
0: Yeah, well, I went back to school and the first thing I did was to study law and especially things like family law and uh, crime and things related to children and getting uh, exposed to other forms of law in Malaysia uh, because we practice dual legal systems in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And then I did my master's in terms of child development. And uh, and subsequently I did a PhD and in terms of in education and uh, especially dealing with two areas, uh, children, why children commit crime, child development, what can be done to help a child uh, to be away and not be in conflict with the law. Mm -hmm. And so in the process, I started a school in the Kajang prison. And since then, the school has grown. So I'm glad that uh, that has progressed. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know that, uh, you know, Suryana, as I mentioned, was set up in 2010. But, you know, even getting to that point, you did so many other different things, right? You tried, uh, and one of them, of course, was the Kajang School. Tell me about, you know, all the things that you did uh, prior to setting up Suriana. Well,
0: uh, way in 1981, I set up Shelter Home for Children. And then later, uh, of course, with the progress, I got appointed by the Agong to the Malaysian Human Rights Commission, so Hakam. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, uh, as a commissioner for the Enforcement uh, Integrity Agency. So I served there as a commissioner as well. Then uh, in the process, I set up another organization called Sukha Society that works with the Orang Asli children or the children uh, and uh, refugees and migrant children. Yeah. And then set up uh, Suriana Welfare Society to work with the urban poor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm involved in other organizations in terms of being an advisor to those those organizations. So I've come a long way and uh, uh, I'm still active.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, let's talk about Suriana, right? So again, that was set up in 2010. Uh, What would you say is the vision and mission of Suriana in particular? Basically,
0: uh, having run centers, I feel that we felt that working with the community and empowering the community to develop themselves, to bring them up to the next level of standard of living. Mm -hmm. So what we did was uh, we still have children at heart, but we work with the difference to go where the children are. For example, we are working at Desa Mantari, which has got a population of 30,000 people. And Desa Mantari, which is near Sanway, has got one of the highest social ills uh, existing. Uh, domestic violence, drug abuse, uh, suicides, gangsterism, and so on. So what we did was we decided that we will engage with the residents. So what we did is quite radical went there, met the chairman of the committee and the members of the committee and said, we are here and we would like to work with you to raise the standard of living amongst you. Oh, they were extremely happy. Mm -hmm. They welcomed us and they said, look, we would like whatever that we are able to do here through you. Not that like an NGO coming and setting up, but it's a partnership. So, we have set up a play and learn center. And then subsequently, uh, we, two of our staff are members of the community. Okay. So we have, uh, Kamsia and Azia. They are members of, the, they live there and they are our staff members. So through them, we set up a committee and the committee is able to now oversee the work that is going on there. So what we have done is we work with single mothers. And especially in this COVID period, we're able to develop the mothers in helping each other uh, through times of hunger, through times of difficulty, and so on. Now, today on uh, on record, we have 20 ladies who serve as our volunteers there. And so they visit the families, they come back to us, and they tell us on the next level is we're training them to become counsellors. So we have a thriving work amongst them. So as you can see, we hope to start this and expand to other areas uh, in Malaysia, because it's a proven thing that we have done. And we are so excited because we've empowered the people. So uh, we're excited because the community uh, has an ownership of the projects that we are, uh, we are having there in uh, this
1: mm. They've got ownership and and they are also very much involved in it. And, uh, you know, they, it's not like um, they resent you in any way, you know, sort of coming in and telling them what to do. They are part of the decision-making process as well? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's excellent. Um, I'm speaking today to Dr. James Nayagam. He is the chairman of the Suriana Welfare Society. Suriana is a registered child-focused NGO set up to advocate for children in crisis. And we're finding out more about the work that they do. Coming up after this quick break, we're going to ask James about how the pandemic has affected um, all those in need and the work that Suriana does. That's coming up right after this. Stay tuned to Good Things on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Good Things on the Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me today is Dr. James Nayagam. He's the chairman of Suriana Welfare Society. Suriana is a registered child-focused NGO set up to advocate for children in crisis. And James is, of course, a child's right advocate. Uh, you know, he's been doing this for a very long time now, 40 years, uh, I think, and counting. Uh, you know, even, even, even with some health issues last year, uh, James, you know, you're still continuing the work that you do. Um, let's talk about the pandemic. Uh, I know that has, of course, impacted everybody and I'm sure it's impacted those that you are helping and those that you are working with. How has it um, impacted you guys?
0: You see, it is interesting uh, that we have uh, seen this in five different ways. But first of all, uh, overall, we have uh, seen there's an increase in child abuse cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a challenge in terms of pandemic uh, families facing hunger. Uh, And as the days go by, uh, lots of families have uh, lost their income, especially the daily wage uh, income earners. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have lost uh, businesses and so on. The children are affected because they're unable to attend school and they are unable to go online because they don't have internet services. And so they are on things like the handphone and so on. Mm -hmm. Then of course, staying too long within a confined area, the challenge is if one person is infected, that affects the whole lot of them. It's a very small area. We're talking about 650 square feet. And uh, in an area like Desa Mantari uh, is a high risk area. And all the more, they need support services. And we find that uh, to keep the children uh, active and uh, have a meaningful day and so on, uh, especially we also have the, the dis- persons with disability, children with disability, at least 50 of them, are uh, facing challenges in terms of transport, in terms of getting medical attention, and so on. So these are some of the things that uh, have been presented to us since the first MCO that uh, we've experienced. And ever since then, we have not stopped. We have been continuously, tirelessly working to provide aid for the families there and helping children. And ever since now, it's more than a year, we are still reaching out to communities, providing immediate aid to the families. Mm -hmm.
1: I would say, you know, even now, it's probably gotten even worse because, I mean, all these continued lockdowns. Um, you know, I, w- I was just on on Suryana's Facebook page and I saw, you know, con- countless messages coming from you guys, you know, people with just no food to eat. Um, maybe they've got rice, but they've got no vegetables, no fresh food. Some people just surviving on a malt drink. Um, you know, the needs have seem to have increased. Uh, am I right in saying that? Yes.
0: What actually happens is this. First, we started and looked at the immediate need. Mm. It's interesting, you know, you see, uh, so we, we, we gave food aid, uh, but then food aid, for your information, only lasts two weeks. Yeah. And so we must understand that giving a bag of rice is just not enough because they need uh, vegetables, they need eggs, oil to cook, they need drink and biscuits and so on. So when we supply our or when we supply our food aid, it is uh, inclusive of material uh, or food that is a holistic approach, which means rice, drinks, and so on. Mm-hmm. Then, what happens is we would like not only to be a temporary measure, but something that we can journey with the parents for six months. So, we have got them adopted. So, what we have now is Adopt a family program whereby families can adopt a poor family for 200 ringgit a month. Mm -hmm. For 200 ringgit a month, a family will receive the essential food stuff to see them through the month. You see, what we do is we manage funds. So we work with the dealers, we get the best price for rice, we get the best price and the lowest price for all the food items. And then That's how we are able to reduce the price and that's where we are able to give and provide each family food that is needed. Now, the second or third thing that we have done is we have engaged with some farmers in Cameron Highlands Mm -hmm. and we are bringing down vegetables to supply to these families. So we have gone a step further. Wonderful. So we have got Food Aid, we have got Adopt a Family Program and we have started a program where we provide vegetables to the families. So it's a a holistic approach whereby we are journeying with families for at least six months to get them back on their feet. So it's a continuous process and we monitor the process.
1: Mm -hmm. And are more families coming forward, uh, you know, seeking assistance? You know, are you seeing that happening as well?
0: Well, it's become very popular because uh, we get... uh, Requests and you know appeals. You see the very interesting thing, Juliet. The issue here: we started with the B forty community, but it's gone on to the uh, middle M forty as well. The middle group, income group, has come back, right. and they are very shy about it and say, "Could you please uh, spare us a bag of rice, uh, some cooking oil?" And we are really moved by that. So the Recipients have been widened now. Mm-hmm. The second thing that has happened is, you see, most of our recipients are Mal- Malaysians. Then you have the uh, re- the appeal from the migrants and their refugees yeah. and uh, taking a visit to some of these areas where they're barbed, wired, and so on. So we work through the government agencies to provide aid for them as well. So we don't turn away anybody. But we find that within Slango itself, the appeal has come. But sometimes we've received appeal beyond Slango as well. And what we have done is we're employing our transport companies to transport these food uh, to the families as well.
1: Okay. Wow. That's, that's a lot and, and so much uh, gosh, just so much need at the moment. And, and, but you said anybody can and uh, you know help out you know if they want to adopt a family or, or donate right? I mean that's something that you are yeah. constantly looking for as well.
0: Well, they can uh, contact us at very, very easy number. one 300 eight88 two one or uh, email me at jamesnagum at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. JamesNagum at gmail.com. Or uh, I'll let you uh, let you have my uh, handphone number 012 012-314-1100. we uh, We'd like to have partnership mm-hmm. uh, with the to join us in this journey to help this family, especially children. You see, children are a future of any society. And uh, at this crucial time and age in uh, this point of time, children are very vulnerable. And here we are in this period of time, being able to fight hunger, able to fight health issues, and uh, seeing them through this period of pandemic so that they have a future, so that they don't lose their parents. Oh, no, last week, uh, I think I've just lost seven of my friends I'm due scared. to the pandemic. Oh, no. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very traumatic uh, period of time. So let's work together. We can fight this pandemic. Yeah. And let's help families. You know, I believe, uh, Juliet, whatever we do today uh, will come back to us in another way.
1: Definitely. And another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, James, was, um, you know, uh, Suriana, this was last year, you actually set up a telehealth service to help out uh, children because, you know, you also said that, uh, you know, with all the lockdowns, you know, with the with education impacted, with all sorts of things happening, children were suffering from depression. Children were really, um, you know, struggling, you know, with everything that was going on, including online classes, um, mobility restricted. Uh, is that something that uh, Suriana is still uh, working on as well?
0: Yeah, uh, what we have done is beyond COVID, uh, we hope to provide, still be able to keep in touch with the children, deal with, uh, through all our members in the community to help them to cope emotionally, as well as other forms of support for the families, and then look at beyond uh, COVID in terms of employment. We have to have look at alternative forms of employment for persons, say they can't go back to their own employment, then seek uh, other forms of sources of income. We do help single mothers in businesses mm. uh, in developing things like skills like facial, uh, setting up, say, a nasalamak stall, store, or men in terms of looking at retraining them in terms of other areas of work. And so these are some of the areas that we're looking at beyond COVID and see how best we can cope with the new norm. Yeah. And children, uh, especially those who are unable to may have perhaps go back to physical schooling, say how best we can offer online classes and so on. So uh, we're looking into that as well. So uh, in, in terms of support, it's just not temporal. We're mm-hmm. looking at beyond uh, COVID, the years to come, where Uh, Now we are learning to cope with the new norm and parenting skills and so on. So here I am uh, from time to time. I write articles on how to cope with children in a new situation when they are now online and they are confined to their rooms, what can be done Mm -hmm. and how parents can deal with their stress level as well.
1: Yeah, I mean even in in let's say I'm just talking about myself here even in, you know a very comfortable situation it's hard. It's hard trying to work, you know, manage your children's online education, sort out everything that's going on. It's tough for everyone. It's even harder for those who have to worry about things like their income and you know, uh, you know, not enough money, not enough food on the table and all of that. It's all coming to impact when which which is why you said I think there's a rise also in domestic abuse uh cases. There's it's it's had a, a you know, fall on effect, right? It's had a follow-on effect. On, on just how people are you know living their lives.
0: Yeah, uh, we've all, worldwide we find that uh, where the abusive fathers around the home, uh, and uh, worldwide we have actually noticed the rise in domestic violence, uh, child abuse, sexual abuse, uh, also sadly uh, suicides as well. Mm-hmm. Is
1: that also something that you're witnessing over at the community at Desa Mantari? Because, I mean, you work very closely with them, right? Is that also something that's happening?
0: Sadly, I have to agree, yes, we do. Okay. And that's why we make our presence uh, more felt. And that's why we have developed our community outreach through these ladies to activate this all the more that we are able to be the check and balance in that area. It can easily happen. And so Desa Mantar is a typical example of an area where we have ears and eyes open to check for any forms of uh, social ills, domestic violence, child abuse. And our team is ever-present to visit families. You see, they are visiting their neighbors, not an NGO going in. Mm. That's the difference. So they will listen to the members or the residents there. And likewise, Desa Mantari has 11 blocks of flats. And so if we can develop such a team in each of these flats, can you imagine the impact? And beyond go on to Subang and the whole of the Klang Valley, if we have such a team that works within the community and empower them empower women to develop themselves, then we have a tremendous change in the impact that we're looking for.
1: It really exemplifies the Kita Jagati uh, Kita Jagakita um, yes. uh, you know hashtag and you know the whole effort behind it. You know, looking at all the things that you've been doing all this while James, I mean what would you say are some of the challenges that still remain? Um, yeah, what what would you say are some of the challenges that still remain?
0: The challenges that still remain is one where um, it is the the, the social is, is ongoing. Mm. Uh, it is something poverty still exists and the poverty cycle still exists. And the dealing with the mentality of communities to get them to be, to change the mentality, to get up to challenge, to pick themselves up, to work. Towards less, you see, what we're having is we are having people who are gimme, gimme, gimme attitude, you know, mm. uh, they keep on receiving food aid and not develop. But what we do is we say we'll provide you, provided you also change and also do your part in sending your children to school and working. We don't want a lazy uh, community uh, who are always on the handout. Sure. So, We make a difference in that. And that's a challenge because uh, there are various organizations or whatever that provide. But uh, on our differences, we would like to work together with the community to bring them from point A to point B. Number two is the great challenger is that in a community uh, like the low-cost flats, there are other forms of ways children can earn money. And quick money, like pushing drugs. And that's a challenge there. And getting children to come out and say, hey, there is another form of education that you can actually consider vocational training, but it would take about six months to a year or two. Uh, Earning quick money seems to be more attractive than coming from vocational training. The third aspect is that... uh, getting the families to realize that whilst we are facing a pandemic and there there needs to be the thinking that things are not going to be the same and therefore uh, let's look at other alternative forms of education uh, in addition to looking for I don't think uh, sooner or later the physical schools will open but perhaps we need to now look at how best we can provide internet connection. (laughs) I hope the state governments and all start providing internet connection free. But it is a challenge uh, to get uh, this form of uh, new form, new moral norm. Now, for the migrant groups and the refugee groups, health and um, education is an issue uh, because they all live in clusters, you know. Mm. And uh, that's one major challenge because if one person uh, is infected, it spreads very fast. Yeah. So we are trying to educate them to uh, have the best practices in terms of healthcare and provide them education as well. So these are some of the challenges that we have. So uh, providing food aid, yes. And the greatest challenge is six months later they must. Gone to the next level. We don't want them to be comfortable, but we want them to, at the same time, change for the better. Okay. So that's a challenge.
1: Okay. But there have, of course, been successes, right? What would you count as some of the successes so far uh, for Suriana?
0: The successes, I must say, is very encouraging. That's why we're still in work. Because, as I said, the community themselves are very excited to work with us. Mm. We see the growth for, since the time that we set up till now. We see the response. We see the enthusiasm uh, where people actually want to change. Despite the few that are still, it's a challenge for them to come up. The majority are responding to this form of uh, aid and this form of outreach. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine, it gives us the vision. Huh? The next one is a vision that we should grow and do more. And we can only do that in the partnership with the public. And to be able to report back to you, to say, look, this is what we have done. This is our growth. We always believe in three things. Uh, credibility, accountability, and transparency. CAT, C-A-T. Uh-huh. So credibility that uh, we make use of your funds properly and deliver Accountability, yes, we want to report back to the public what we have done and transparency uh, as to what we're doing, how we operate, how we are dealing with the people, the response, the results that we are able to tell and show people. And so we believe in these three things. And from there, have the vision that we are able to share and grow more so that more are helped. Yes. You know, in... um, one year, last year, we reached out to fifteen thousand wow. uh, persons who have received our aid, mm-hmm. and this year it's still growing. And we are thankful to the public uh, who have come along and are helping us uh, together journey in this journey.
1: And what sort of help would be, uh, yeah, would be helpful, you know, from the public um, at this point in time? You know, what would be most useful to you, uh, to all of you at Suriana, right now?
0: Mainly uh, three areas. One is they can contribute towards the food aid program, which is ongoing. Mm-hmm. Then uh, families can adopt another per family for a period of, for an amount of 200 ringgit, or, which is about four ringgit a day per meal. And so four ringgit 80 cents per meal a day for a family.
1: Mm.
0: And, uh, all cash donations are tax exempted, so uh, donors who give in cash are able to enjoy tax exemption. Okay. Then there are people who can organize fundraising activities for us. You know, you can do anything to raise funds for us. Uh, but share, share what we're doing. Like, you know, what uh, Suryan is doing. Share with your friends. That's all we want. Just. Tell your friends what Suryana is doing. Go to our Facebook. uh, Click on uh, share. Click on following. Mm -hmm. That's all. You can do the least. Just become our follower. That's all. And then we'd love to update you on what we're doing.
1: Okay. All right. Excellent. So there's the Facebook page. You know, there's also the Suriana Welfare Society's hotline, which is one 88 2200 Or we can also email you at jamesnyagum at gmail.com. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, can also yes. call you as well. Uh, before I let you go, James, any last message that you'd like to leave us with?
0: Yes. You see, uh, it is a time that uh, our world, the world, and the country is going through a pandemic, a period of pandemic. And quite rightly, we need to work together, we need to join hands, and this is the time that we need to be effective uh, to overcome this pandemic. So in a positive note, that we can make a difference today. Today, and uh, it is present, and that we can see the changes, work together, and have a vision that uh, we are overcomers, that we're able to bring uh, this society to a more self-sustaining, productive society and be able to make that difference. You know, somebody once asked me, you know, we do so much, but it's so much, it's overwhelming. How can it change the world? Well, I replied to her and said, you know, we can't change the world, but definitely we can change the world for somebody. And that Makes a world of difference. So we can actually change the world for somebody. Let's do that today.
1: Okay. All right. I can't think of a better way to end than on that note. Uh, thank you so much, James, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Dr. James Nayagam. he's the thank chairman. You. He's the chairman of the Suriana Welfare Society. Again, uh, Suriana is a registered child-focused NGO um, to, uh, set up to advocate for children in crisis, but they also help women in crisis as well. Uh, so many things that they do. Again, just get in touch uh, with Suriana. Their hotline is 1300 three hundred double eight double two double zero. Email james at jamesniagam at gmail.com or you can call him at zero one two three one four double one double zero. And uh, just as James also mentioned, follow them on Facebook and keep up to date with what they're doing. Find out how you can help all donations are tax exempted. So uh, yeah, there's some way that you can help and you can change somebody's world. And if you miss any part of today's interview, or any previous Good Things interviews, you can download the podcast at bfm.my, or you can find them on the BFM app. This has been Good Things on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9.